ZipRecruiter is a proud sponsor of Without Warning Podcast. Use code word WOW and search for jobs anytime, anywhere. The Lauren Agee case was hastily closed by authorities, but many questions remain. Come behind the curtain with private investigator Sheila Waisaki as she uncovers the truth about what happened to Lauren. This is Without Warning. Warning. The following episode contains details about sexual violence and elements that are graphic in nature. On this episode, you will hear audio of the autopsy report being translated loosely to Sherry and Mike Smith. The private investigator going over the report was brought in by an attorney that contacted Sherry and Mike. The things to listen for in this audio. The false claim that a coroner showed up on the scene. There is no documentation of that. The narrative that Lauren fell out of the hammock on the marina side of the cliff and floated to the second cove. The medical examiner, Thomas Deering, was told what happened to Lauren prior to an investigation. Of course, everyone knows now there was no investigation. I want you to listen for the fear in Mike and Sherry's tone of making authorities upset with them. Listen to the private investigator who was a former police officer in Nashville. He shares with Sherry that he would tell the medical examiner what exactly happened, and that was documented in his cases. The idea of an autopsy is for the body to tell the medical examiner what happened. This is not a revelation. This is just a confirmation of what everyone knows. Listen for the exchange between the private investigator and Sherry about poking the tiger and how DeKalb holds all the cards. Sherry is being reprimanded about asking questions regarding Lauren's death. All along, I have said that this podcast is about bringing you behind the curtain, seeing what an actual investigation is like. It is messy and ugly. It's not tied up in a nice little bow and has an ending. You are coming along and seeing what really happens. I am not indicting the police, but showing what happens in an investigation, in particular, this investigation. There are many heroes in blue. Chris Yarchuk and Ryan Melanson are two. Those are the officers you want showing up on a case. This podcast is giving you full transparency, and it is real, and it is messy. I do want to thank the people listening and for those who have turned over tapes and given tips. I am always shocked when I hear from the campers themselves in their own words. Next episode, you will hear from one of the campers directly. Now let's listen to the autopsy review. Put yourself in Sherry and Mike's shoes while you listen. This autopsy review was a few weeks after Lauren's death. If you're listening to the episodes again, you'll notice that this episode has been updated. It is because I listened to you. You all conveyed you didn't like the noise in the background. The recorder was in Mike Smith's pocket. 
unfortunately, he moved around a lot and you could hear the recorder moving around and it became annoying to a lot of you. So I'm updating this portion. When the sheriff's department called, or police department in Nashville, they have a body and these outside counties they call a coroner, which is sometimes not even a doctor. Mm -hmm. An appointed person to go out and say, yep, they're dead. Mm -hmm. So we'll send them to Nashville to the state medical examiner's office and have an autopsy done. So what that coroner did there, I don't know. Other than say, yeah, she needs to go to the coroner, I mean to the medical examiner's office. I believe this private investigator is taking Sherry and Mike Smith through the process of what happened when Lauren's body was found. He's discussing the coroner and what generally happens with a body that is found. If it's an attended death, like in a nursing home, like my mother died in a nursing home, the coroner doesn't even come, the medical examiner does. If it's an unattended, expected death, the coroner can sign off and like if they've got cancer and they're at home and they're, they're not in a medical facility, the coroner can sign off and say, okay, you can go on to the funeral. Mm -hmm. If it's an unattended death, unexpected death, then the state of Tennessee requires an autopsy to be done. Normally, there's not but one autopsy and there's no indication that an autopsy had previously been done. Mm -hmm. Dr. Deering did this one. What Dr. Deering found with the blunt force injuries to the head but what he found is that there was abrasion on the right side of the forehead, uh, and abrasion of the lip, a large subgaleal hemorrhage, which is inside the brain, fractured right temporal bone, a diffuse subdural hemorrhage, which is inside the brain, and a focal subretinoidal hemorrhage, which is in the sac between the brain and the, the skull. The trauma to the torso is her bilateral fractured ribs, one through nine, posteriorly and right, or left one through nine, which is one through nine on the left side of her body, and there was nine through 11 on the other side of the body. The fractures are in the back. So what that tells me is that she actually hit here, or here, if you think of hitting in you know, these nine are broken and these nine to eleven down here mm -hmm. and they're broken toward her back so on, on this side because her face was this side left side well i'll explain that, <coughs> that, that doctor <coughs> I think his name. Uh, there was a medical examiner here in Nashville many many years ago that explained the coup counter coup what happens is when you hit everything shifts back this way mm -hmm. so it's not uncommon to see the bruising and the hemorrhaging on the other side as well as the side to hit on. But one statement right there, those two statements, the one, number C1, tells me that she went off the cliff. The investigator just told Sherry and Mike Smith that Lauren broke P1. It would take an immense amount of pressure for her body to break that way. Okay. So she fell from a high up altitude. The investigator told Sherry it would take a lot of pressure for her body to break. 
Sherry wanted that clarified. So for, from some distance. Okay. Uh, I know that in infants, they did a study many years ago off from beds <coughs> on the tile floors, mm -hmm. and there were virtually no injuries. So, you know, you, then you got to take her weight and add to the pipe to that. To, for, but she she this, fell from a distance. But it had to hit something hard, not water. You know, I would think that, that it had to hit something hard. Okay. The investigator then talked about a study. Babies that fell out of cribs and hit tile had no damage. But then he said if you take Lauren's weight, that would account for the damage. Sherry also tried to get clarification from the investigator on whether it was a surface Lauren hit or water. I don't believe she really ever got that answered right here. I'm going to agree with their theory that she hit the, you've been there, so you'll know the face of the, of the cliff of the bluff comes down and then there's some rock, <clears throat> kind of a short bed of rock and then there's a water, right? To me, it's, it's more like this and then here's the water, here's the top and it's just got this, I, I didn't, and I was looking for that, and I didn't necessarily, on that side, maybe there's a spot, I don't know. I, I don't, I didn't see it. Well, I guess. I'm going to assume that this occurred, because we don't know which side she went off. I'm going to assume that she went off on the marina. marina. I'm just, for the sake of argument, I'm going to assume that. Let me, uh... See the currents running that way? This investigator is telling Sherry and Mike that he is going to assume that Lauren fell off the marina side, and that would account for her injuries. Mike, however, is saying, wait a minute, I've been out there, I don't see what you're seeing. But once again, he's going to be gracious and defer to the investigator. I have that problem. I have a problem with how she would have gotten up there. Not to say it's impossible. I don't know. I mean, I just don't. That's not something, that's a question I have that something we're going to have to look at. They were generating water that day. To me, that would pull currents from whatever Bear Creek, whatever creek that is, mm -hmm. which is really a river coming down into the, the main channel. Right. Um, well, up from where they found her was a, a water, the water runs through that creek as well. They're pulling water. Even if they're not pulling water, there's a waterfall right up from where they found. So, I mean, the water is running the opposite direction. Okay, I have a problem with how she got that. Okay. But the detective immediately writes it off as, well, no, that, that it could, she could have gone up there. Well, the, the current was flowing that way, and then the boats pushed her up in there. I'm like... From what I've heard, and I've heard from, mainly from you, but from what I've heard, I have a problem with what the detective says. I'm just, I'm just saying, I have, that, I have a problem with that. Yeah. Now, when I get his report, maybe I won't. I mean, he might be clear a lot of this up when I get his report. I don't know. Right now, I've got a problem. If if what happened is their theory, right. she can come off the bluff, she can hit this shell right here in the row of the water with no problem at all. There's a problem I have that I don't have an answer to, okay? If she does this, 
as she hits and rolls into the water, which is virtually going to be that fast, she's still going to be trying to, and why, why have we not got the water in our lungs? Uh-huh. Okay? Why is it not noted in here right. that there's water in our lungs? I don't know. Again, may have a better answer you know, when I get the, the paperwork. I mean, I, from that photo, I see what you're saying, but being there at the top, I don't remember seeing the shore. Well, because it kind of, you see that little section kind of comes down a little bit. Yeah. And then it, it just. There's like a, an overhang. Yeah, so, it's, it's a cut, it's where the water cut through. Yeah. So. It's where the water rises. That middle section was. The issue becomes. If I could have edited the movement out, I would. But what Mike was saying to the investigator was important. He was pointing out the inconsistencies of what he was being told. Okay. What was the summer pool? What was, was the lake at summer pool? Mm-hmm. It had rained quite a bit before you got <clears throat> up there. So right. Was the, the level of the, of the lake higher? Oh, well, higher than that. It, I don't remember. Yeah, like all this picture's 2008. Yeah. And that's, but that is there. Mm-hmm. What if it's six just inches below under the water? The water yeah. You're still going to hit it. A yeah. foot under the water, you're still going to hit it from that height. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just depends on what, then those are answers we don't have right now. On that day, what was the level of the lake? So that, it, it's there. We know it's there. It's mm-hmm. there on every bluff. I, there's Elm Hill Marina, Elm, the, the cliffs of Elm Hill. So anyway, back to this. She fractured her thoracic number 10, T10. So she broke her back. There was, she fell like thump. Well, yeah, like... Like dead fall. Not rolling, not just well, like stuff. Sherry Smith's observations are very intuitive and correct. Perfect. You, you don't know. I mean, let's say that she's... <clears throat> completely sober, not intoxicated, and she, for the sake of argument, looking for a place to go to the bathroom, she gets disoriented and she steps off the cliff, you know, which is a normal reaction. Does she have time to flip her body trying to find ground? Uh, probably. Somebody heard a scream on that side, and all the boats Maybe were there. she didn't scream. I, I mean, I don't know. Did you, see, yeah. we don't know. And that's, that's the biggest problem we have right now is that we don't know. We don't know what Jeremy's found out. We don't know what Jeremy's not found out. And epidural and subdural hemorrhages of the cord. That tells me that had she lived, they would have Okay? Multiple abrasions and contusions of the lower extremities, right upper arm, and left posterior hand and forearm. Okay. Left the back of her left hand and forearm. So again, to me, that just it makes sense. Again, I don't know. I'm just trying to theorize, which is getting us all in trouble at this point. Is she trying to catch herself as she as she goes? Okay. Now here's the autopsy part. And again, at the top, this lump force injuries. I buy that cause of death without a problem. There is absolutely no question Lauren died from blunt force trauma to the head. 
This investigator said he could buy that without a problem. But how did she get the blunt force trauma to her head? That's what needs to be looked at. Possible drowning. There's nothing in here to indicate a possible drowning. Other than she was found underwater, and that could be his theory for possible drowning. There is no evidence that Lauren A.G. died of drowning. And circumstances of death, manner of death is an accident. I'm going to say that he was led down that path to accident. I've been there over a thousand times, not exaggerating in one, but I've been there over a thousand times and told my story to the medical examiner previous to the autopsy, and it had an impact on the decision of this medical examiner. It just did. That's how it works. This investigator is saying that the medical examiner in Nashville will go with whatever the investigator says for manner of death. They also send, in some cases where there's not a county coroner, they will send one of the investigators from their office out, and then that investigator gives them the story. You know, I, if I was to take this and not talk to me, they look at the thing we... And I let them know what I found. They do get, make their own mind up of what they found. And, and then they would go back and tell the medical examiner. They'd write a report up and tell the medical examiner what they saw. So when she got to the, to the Forensic Science Center here in, uh, it's the Center for Forensic Medicine now, uh, here in Nashville, they had a bracelet on. Or when, I'm sorry, they put a bracelet on, but when they started the, the autopsy, she had a bracelet on. She had on. A black tank top, black animal print bra, pink shorts. That's been a contention that she didn't have any. I think you were saying pink, pink trunks or pink swimming. Color pink. So She doesn't own any. Well, she had on pink shorts when she got here. She, maybe they were hands. Maybe they were, who knows. But she had on pink shorts and black pants. Many times you hear Sherry Smith talk about the pink shorts. The reason is because Sherry's trying to figure out if her daughter was redressed in someone else's clothes. Uh, she had her belly button piercing and her ears were pierced. She had pink nail polish on the left one and two fingers only and dark red toenail polish. Apparently they didn't do x-rays. Also, she had been cliff diving that day and that she had injured, jumping off the cliff. Jumping off the cliff, yeah, and had injured herself. And then they also said they gave her pain medicine or aspirin or ibuprofen or, you know, stuff for her pain. So Sherry Smith was told that Lauren had pain medicine in her body. The autopsy said that Lauren did not have any pain medicine in her body, not even a Tylenol. No one other than the suspect have seen her cliff diving. Or, I mean, there's no pictures, well, no video. There's where did you get that information? Um, from Jeremy Taylor. I don't know that that's Jeremy Taylor told me it was raining outside, but at this point, I would believe him based on all the different crap I heard. I want to see that in the report. My question is, if they were looking at her brain, could they tell if she'd had some damage from the day, like a concussion? I don't know if they would be able to date it that further. A medical examiner should be able to say whether or not someone had a concussion. You know, any from 10 o'clock that morning to 10 o'clock the next morning, I mean, I don't know. So her, all of her internal injuries are 
documented here uh, when they did the autopsy and it, it describes how they did the autopsy uh, she had a one and eighth inch abrasion uh, just at the right eyebrow the forehead showed multiple purple small macules which I'm going to assume are scratches but I can Rocks. Makes or sense to me. Okay, so we had a lot of a lot of injuries. Injuries. Okay. I travel a lot. I am in and out of airports, in and out of the hot weather, and when I get home, the last thing I want to do is cook, and I'm not that great of a cook anyway. So I love to have an option when I walk through the door. I just want to eat something nutritional. That's what I love about Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest delivers thoroughly sourced, chef-created food that is built on fruits and vegetables and can be prepared in less than five minutes. When I got home from presenting PI Experience, I walked in the door with my luggage, opened the freezer, pulled out mint and cacao smoothie, added almond milk, put it in the blender. Five minutes, I was drinking a delicious smoothie. Go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code WOW to get three free cups to your first box. That's promo code WOW for three free Daily Harvest cups at dailyharvest.com, dailyharvest.com. As far as the external injuries. And that's just a standard diagram. I didn't, I misspoke. It's not a diagram of her body, but it's a diagram of where the injuries would be on her body if this diagram was her body. A lot of it, you, it's written where you can't read it, but if it makes sense if you go back to this stuff that he's written in these paragraphs to find it here. You know, it didn't mark anything about her. Remember, she had all those marks on her arm. It's not on here at all. Is that what these, this is here? These little marks? No, I mean, remember she was in the casket, all these things right here? I, I didn't see those, but I know, well, I didn't pull her. There is some over here on her left arm. Well, Which is going to be on this side. Be right this side. Mm -hmm. Right here is what I'm talking well, about. In the casket, it was this arm where Breed was, and there were these marks all over her arm. I don't know. It's just not on here. Yeah, it's not here. And and I again, this guy's science, he didn't give a shit about DeKalb County. He don't care about Jeremy Taylor. He don't care about y'all. He cared about Lauren and documenting what was going on with Lauren. Earlier, he said the medical examiner in Nashville listens to the investigators, and that's how he comes to his conclusion. Okay. Um... It goes through the internal injuries. At the top of the next page, page three. Uh, again, it goes over what he's got on the other. The what I had to figure out. It says within the torso there is a bruise to the septum, and there's 40 <laughs> milliliters of serosanguous fluid in the right chest. I had to look sango-serious fluid up to make sure that it wasn't lake water. It's not. It's actually a, a fluid that's in the blood. So it, it would be like uh, an edema, plural, pleurisy, 
within your chest cavity where something inside broke when she hit, so that fluid leaked out. It's, that's not a foreign fluid like lake water. That's the only, unless I see it here, and I've gone through this 15 times already, but if I, unless I see it again as we go through it, that's the only fluid I can find in her lungs, except for, so then the external injuries, which are again are gonna show on that diagram, talks about the string of the tampon. There's no fluid draining from the mouth or nose. Did they remove the tampon? I can't see him leaving it in there, but it doesn't say I removed the tampon. I, I don't yeah. know that it know, would say that. Because the guy said he had sex with her. I just would wonder if there would be a remnant of that from the day before. Or... I don't know. Yeah, I we don't see that's if he did take it out i'm sure he didn't keep it why wouldn't a medical examiner keep a tampon in an open investigation yeah they don't keep it as evidence because it was that, an accident no. they wouldn't have he wouldn't have kept it wonder why it was a investigation but if they had it as an accident they weren't looking they didn't do nail didn't say anything about nail scrapings in there yeah. that i found so, you know, the, the mouth has got natural dention and... Okay. Well, we didn't discuss anything. Yes, well, all we're doing is reading what's on here. We're not... Yeah. I, I know. I just... So... Now, here's a... Here, if you come back to the laboratory report, mm -hmm. there's actually two different. Here's a 176 and a, on the very first page. There's the ethanol alcohol volatile <clears throat> on that page is a 176 uh -huh. okay and then go back to the next to the last page is the same thing same test the difference is the type of, spe of uh, specimen so the femoral blood is the 176 the femoral artery which is to be the leg blood the vitreous blood, which I think is the heart blood, but I'll make sure. In a later episode, Mark Gillespie addresses this remark. Which is more accurate? Is it 217? I would go with the heart blood. I would use the heart blood, the vitreous blood, if I was in court. Is which what is the 1.17? No, the 2.217. Which, if you remember when we talked, that's three one thousandths of a milligram from 22. Right. That's where we got 22. When Jeremy was being so rude to us on the phone yesterday, he said her blood alcohol content was 0.17. Mm -hmm. So he had seen the autopsy. Yes, even though he lied and said he hadn't. Mm -hmm. Once again, Sherry Smith is realizing that the detective in charge of Lauren's case is not telling her the truth. That's not a problem if we have the autopsies from his point of view. Mike Smith is such a respectful human being and he always is thinking about what's right. Isn't it a shame that the detective in charge doesn't have that same philosophy? What does it matter? I, they gave it to us. I mean, that's 
complete ignorance that that's problem right. should be with the medical examiner, I guess. Yeah, that's where, it's where he, if he's had a problem with us having it, he should have a problem with it. Does it, let me ask you this. This was my contention, that while I'm trying to, there's specifics of the case I want to keep quiet, that now are out because you guys have the autopsy, so it kind of blew that whole thing. So now we know she's got scratches under her left arm, and that's a clue later on down the road. Since this is out, then now we can't use that. No, you know, if I'll answer that this way: if he hadn't been such an ass about the way he's treating you, <clears throat> then you'd have had no reason to go over and try to get a copy of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if he would have contacted you like he said he was going to do every Thursday at 5 o'clock, if he would have kept y'all in a loop, if he would have said, hey, I'm telling you this, but I don't want it out, then there, you would have had no reason to be suspicious to try to go get this stuff on your own. 100% agree with that statement. Again, there's not a homicide case that I've worked that I didn't hold stuff back from everybody. Mm-hmm. That maybe me and my partner were the only ones that knew. But you weren't a dick to the people. Well, not all the time, no. Judging from this, it's the eyeball. But it says Vitreous. And here's where I'm getting this, just so y'all know. The Vitreous part of the eye. I would have associated Vitreous with a vein or, or the heart more than I would have the eyeball. So I'm going to, just for the sake of argument, say that it was uh, a fluid that they drew out of her eyeball to have tested. He says toxicology shows moderate ethanol. Uh, another misnomer, and we've had this just at the bottom of okay. page five. Another misnomer is when a body decomposes, it does not produce ethanol alcohol. It produces methanol, methane. The ethanol is not going to be affected by decomposition. I will also say that in the amount of time that Lauren was in the water, there wasn't much decomposition anyway. Doesn't that raise the question on what time she actually died? So that would have been producing that gas to change it. Any, it wouldn't have changed the ethanol to start with. It would have been a, a methanol. When did in the nineties? Was the water cooler? Oh, the water's a lot cooler. A whole lot cooler in that lake than the air temperature. Mm-hmm. That's a cold lake. I've scooped out in it. It's a cold. cold. I think that a lot of rain, so it makes it. Yeah. Easy. So then they give the summary of the case. That's what the doctor was told. Okay. I read that to you the other day. Yeah. The hammock partially hung out on the trees, which overhung the water. This say for the sake of argument again theorizing that she woke up, she went to get out of the hammock, she's hanging over the edge anyway. She gets out of the hammock and there she goes. But not getting up to go pee, not getting, you know, that would explain not having any shoes on. That, I mean, that, that would explain every bit of that. Was that hammock directly over where those rocks were? I don't know, we haven't seen his pictures. A lot of, well, again, and, and I, we've, I've said this, I know, a hundred times, we just won't know until we get his case file and look at it, his pictures. And How his, long can he hold the case file? I, they've got cases open over here next door since 1967. I think at this point, you're pissing them off. He's going to keep it open. 
this has got to change. We have got to stop this power play against grieving families. Tennessee has some of the worst laws on turning over information to families after not even investigating the cases. You're poking the bear. I said that last night. Yes. As long as you piss him off and have give him a reason to push back, he's going to push back. Is that right? Absolutely not. Does he hold the cards? Absolutely. We this can't change it. This 30-year-old asshole holds the cards in our life. He has to answer to somebody higher. The DeKalb County Sheriff's Office holds the, car, the cards right now and what's going on in this investigation. The final authority on this case is Governor Bill Lee, and hopefully he is paying attention. I sure know several of you have contacted him. Again, and, and uh, I'm, I know you're hearing me, I'm just not sure you're listening, is that when we get enough to show that he's a 30-year-old asshole that's screwing with y'all, then we go to the sheriff and to the DA and maybe leave the sheriff out and go to the DA. If that doesn't work, then we go to the media. If you, know, if we, if you go straight to the media, then that's going to piss the DA off. So there you're poking that bear. This has got to be done very strategically on our part, and I'll say on y'all's part, but I'm a part of this team, okay? Sad for these grieving families that they have to be strategic on dealing with the people that are investigating their child's death or their loved one's death. And it has to be done very strategically. The only drug in her system is ethanol alcohol. So if they gave her any pain pills or pain medicine, which they claim in the police report, from what I understand, uh, they did. Acetaminophen, none detected. But there was no semen found in her or anything like that. There's no indication of that in this at all. But did they check for that? No, no. That's a question you have to ask. I would, have, and I have said it before, I would think that that is a standard. I don't think, yeah. You know, they would look Especially for anything they, foreign yeah. when they do the autopsy. But they I, I wasn't there for the autopsy, so I can't speak to that. So a question would be, when you do talk to this guy, <clears throat> is did they scrape under her nails and did they check her semen? No, there's no indication that they scraped her nails. There's no indication of defense wounds. I mean, there is indication of some trying to catch yourself, you know, right. hitting, hitting her arm. Lauren's family gives their full permission for any and all details to be shared in hope that the truth will come out. If you know anything at all, call 1-888-599-0008 or email tips at sheilawysaki.com.